Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, good. Jesse, you you know this guy. You've heard of this guy, Death? Yeah, he's a tall guy, kind of bony. Yeah, Grim Spectre looms over you, hood, beckons always, you into the afterlife. Always reaping, even in the off-season. You know this guy. We don't need to keep describing Death. You're, you've, you clearly know him. I've um, seen Bill and Ted, too. Yeah, he's great in that. Best known for Bill and Ted, too. Yeah, he's great in that. It was great in Sports Night, too. He really really nailed that Sorkin dialogue. Rat-a-tat, yeah. walk and talk, right? Yeah. Uh, death, good and everything. Uh, yeah, so death is has been looming ever closer to me. Did you know that? I had no idea. I mean, I knew that we were all hurtling inexorably towards him. Right, yes. But I did not know about the looming, no. Yeah, he's looming. So I... Um, I just did the most fucking old guy, one foot in the grave, the nurse is stealing my pills shit today. Okay, I mean, I'm I'm interested to hear what it was. Mm -hmm. I'll just say ahead of time, I've been strolling a lot with my arms clasped behind my back. (laughs) Well, that's just because you're wistful doesn't mean... (laughs) That's just being wistful, Jesse. Anybody, there's wistful young people. It's the I read about it in New York Magazine. It's the number one way to enjoy a sculpture garden. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that your time on this planet is is drawing to a close. No, uh, I did some shit, man. I booked, I bu- I booked a visit to a podiatrist. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Remember when this show was about two dudes in their 20s and like, I just got my medical marijuana card, dude. And, you know, how do you know if a girl, like, how, how do you know if it's a date? I you know, remember when the show was that shit. I not only remember that, I remember the decade of our 30s when we forgot to change the description of the podcast from describing two <laughs> right. guys in their 20s. No, now it's just about just about a just about a a husk that will soon be forgotten. Uh, I I have been experiencing so much foot pain. Here's here's what happened. I needed to do a target run, but it was going to be a quick one. Right? Okay, you're just sounding a, younger all the time. Needed a couple of things, right? And then I was going to go you're out hitting to hit the demo. You're and then the I was going to go out to listen to, um, you know electronic music yeah uh with the other young people no i had had to do a quick target run i'm like this one's gonna be quick i can wear flip-flops okay i mean that's that makes a lot of sense a lot of people think uh you can only wear flip-flops to the pool but if it's just a quick target just a quick just a couple of things dryer sheets you don't have to bend over and pull socks over your toesies pack a toilet pack a toilet paper uh, this quick target run in flip flops made my feet hurt so bad it like ruined a week. It like <laughs> fucked up an entire week for me. Do you think that you stepped on a rusty nail? No, I just think my bones are giving out. I think my bones are done. <laughs> the, Jordan, bone, the bones are like enough. Jordan, have you been drinking milk? Oh, that's I forgot to drink milk. 
That's the problem here. You that's forgot why, to drink milk. That's why my dad beat me up when I tried to fight him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is making more sense. I need to I need yeah. to text you because you can remind me of these important things. Yeah, I mean if you'd have texted me before you tried to fight your dad, <laughs> I would have told you to drink milk before you did it so your bones would be strong and you'd be able to defeat your father and win your mother's love. Yeah, well, that's, you know, platonic love, all right? <laughs> we're not we're not Oedipusing over there. Filial love, right? Yeah. Filial? Uh, right? Sure. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't checked in on the ancient Greeks in a while, but I think that was one of theirs. Yeah, um, we should get a playwright on the show to confirm or deny. That would be nice. Um, Matt, uh, put out an put out a email to Ibsen when you get a chance. Can you, you spell have, that? It, it's just Ibsen at gmail.com. <laughs> so I don't, right. Not to dox Ibsen, but... <laughs> Oh, yeah, like you it got sounds. it. Spelled like yeah. it sounds. Uh, yes, I I, I had to call... I, my feet hurt so bad, I had to call a podiatrist, and it just felt like... Like, when, when you have a comical old character in a cartoon, right? Yeah. Like when, you know... There's there's a cranky old character who has to watch the Rugrats or something. Like, like you had... Lot a, like a lot of ear hair going past the plane right of your head, external ear hair right. And I can't, and I can't, and I have to hold up one of those horns to my ear because I can't <laughs> yeah. hear. And I'm just like, call my podiatrist. My feet hurt because I went to Target wrong. Did you? Have... I can't remember my wife. Did you know? Did you know to call a podiatrist? I don't think I would even, I like, even right now, I'm not 100% on what podiatrists do. Jesse? They, they could be, they could be full on, like, cardiac surgeon type mm. doctors, or they could be chiropractors. I don't know where they sit on that. I don't know if yeah. they're the kind of person that in, injects... Botox into your frown lines at a beauty salon, or they could be, you know, on call for President Obama right now. Yeah, like if I, like if Obama needs help, he says, "Get my podiatrist on the line." I'll tell you this: I had to before I found the podiatrist number. I had to Google which is the doctor for foot pain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. Because yeah. that's exactly where, I mean, we covered on a recent program, me Googling burn hand on pot handle. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm Which not doctor afraid. for foot? I mean, Jordan, can't walk good. Went to Target wrong. <laughs> Just think about how lucky you are, Jordan, that you, you don't have to Google with your feet. That's I had to right. use my right. <laughs> injured paw. Oh my gosh! To to pap out onto my phone, blah 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 blah. Dumb man grabbed hot handle. Mm -hmm. Fire hot. <laughs> Fire bad. I just, I just grabbed my phone, just, looked at it in that way that only an elderly person on the bus looks at a phone, mm -hmm. just with a with an intensity and confusion right. combined, and a sort of straight face to face engagement. Right. Profile. They're, squ they're squinting so they can figure out what's happening in their loud ass slot machine game they're playing. 
I just picked it up and I said, fire bed? Mm-hmm. And then it sh- it showed me that I should uh, avoid lotions because uh, they could cause infection. We're just a couple of just a couple of elderly Frankenstein's. Well, Jordan, I have good marching, news. Marching toward the tomb. Jordan, I have good news. Yes, great, amazing. I love. I it. Booked, What's the good news? I booked a playwright on the show in Ooh. the last five minutes. Oh my now you might you might be saying, is he better known for his contributions to Dirty Dancing too? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Is he best known as the host of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me? Yeah, probably. But he's also a playwright. Yeah, his works have been up. Our guest on this week's program, somebody we've been hoping to have on the show for many years, and it only just occurred to us that we sometimes record remotely now. <laughs> All the way from Chicago, Illinois, Peter Sagal. Hi, Peter. How are you? Hello. How are you guys? And uh, I, I just want to... Maybe clear the air a little bit. Great. Thank you. Uh, by saying that as you two youthful mofos were discussing, oh, getting old, it was, it was, took all of my willpower not to scream imprecations at, at you children. Peter, Peter, this is you, not public radio. You can just say motherfuckers. I'm, work, I'm working my way up to it. I'm, I want to, you know, it's if, for someone of my, you know, shall we say um, longevity in the public radio game right. for me to, for me to drop a MF bomb, as we like to say, <laughs> we'll yeah. get there. it's, it's a, it's a serious, it's a serious moment and I want to save it, but you guys are talking about, Oh, you had to call a podiatrist. Oh boy. How, how elderly of you, how ancient, how you had to marry a podiatrist for access to their secrets. <laughs> uh, no, I, when, when you are, when you are like judging the 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 next urologist <laughs> one of many wait are you and, talking and you about realize, on cbs's you, no, no, america's no, no. next big neurologist. neurologist no what i'm saying is i'm, I'm saying when you when you're like when you've seen so many urologists that you've learned that the most important thing about any given urologist that you might meet is not their academic qualifications their resume how many lives they've saved but the size of their hand uh-huh. oh. <laughs> then right. Then you can talk to me sure. about the the depredations of age. You go in for a consultation. You're just like, let me get a look at those mitts. <laughs> yeah, basically, you know, I mean, you know, you're trying to be subtle about it. You're trying to like, you know, trying to, you know, you're, you're like, well, if I maybe if I if I look down, they'll just think I'm concerned about the possibility of death. But instead, I'll be right. clearly checking out the old. You're like the old clambers. Yeah. Maybe if I look at their, maybe if I look at his penis, I can infer his her. <laughs> yes, because they often. That I should try that next time. Or Jesse, her penis. A dog. I have to be admit, a woman. I, I, the fir- no, that's actually true. The first time I, I actually encountered, uh, I believe it was a, a physician's assistant, or perhaps uh, a, a, the head nurse in the practice, and a woman walked in. My my initial reaction was, oh my god, I'm gonna have to drop my pants in front of this strange woman. That doesn't seem very very comfortable. And then I realized. On the whole, women tend to have smaller hands than men. Yeah. So it was yeah. very much a net positive. So you're looking yeah. for smallies when you're looking for a urologist. I'm 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 looking I'm looking for people who can can get their wedding ring around like four fingers. That's what okay. I'm looking for. I'm looking. <laughs> but, I'm Peter, looking, you're looking for the thing. Wee little snatchers. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think, however, you should use that phrase in the context of talking about professional women. But that's really up to you. <laughs> yeah. So here's my question for you, Peter. <laughs> yes. Because 
you're not you're not just a public radio host. You're oh, also no. a running celebrity. I, I and, am a I am a minor running celebrity. And I mean, I didn't say you were Steve Prefontaine. Good from, good one. From I, two I, movies at the same time. Na- name another one. That, what's your other it, what's your it, other running poll? Isn't it weird? I just wanna I just wanna I was about to say, yeah, name name another famous runner. I'll wait. But it Flo, is funny. Flo Joe. That's good. <laughs> Oh, you get yeah. that. Um, but it is funny that when you think about those weird moments in movie history where two movies with exactly the same premise came out, it happens all the time. Like there was two movies like years ago about an adult and a adult man and a, and a teenage boy changing bodies. Remember that? There was 18 again. And there was the other one with Judge Reinhold. And then there were the two movies about the comets crashing into the earth. Uh, there was uh, Deep Impact. And I think, uh, what was it called? Uh, not, uh, Armageddon. Armageddon, I think. It is weird that in that- Two Truman Capote movies. Two Truman Capote movies, exactly right. But it is weird that that in that very small set of double movies, same same topic, Steve Prefontaine. Yeah. The the legendary, in case people don't know, the legendary distance runner who died tragically young in, I believe, an automobile crash. Yeah. I mean, I think this is the thing about Steve Prefontaine. You say, name another runner- yeah. I mean, Jordan and I can go back and forth with all the Jackie Joyner curses and and Usain Bolts that you need to hear about. The real question is, name another slow runner <laughs> in, from the category of fast runners who are fast at running for being slow runners. Does that make sense? No, the not at all. The type of I, running mis- where you run a really long time and the main thing is that you don't stop running. I think what you, the phrase you were looking for is distance runner. Yeah, slow yeah. runners. Yeah. <laughs> Very uh, a lot of things. people a lot of people don't know this but uh, there were two Shrek movies that came out that the, the year that Shrek came out. There was a oh, really? I feel so, I feel so bad for whatever was the Shrek Betamax. I yeah, mean, it was it was it was the hard R Shrek and people didn't uh, apparently that wasn't the flavor of Shrek people wanted. They wanted, you know, kind of kid friendly. They were still getting used to the idea of a sort of impish subversion. They weren't ready for a a full-on rigid member. Most people also don't know this, is that that other Shrek, Shrek was also voiced by Michael Myers, but uh, in his own native Canadian accent, which is why so many people (laughs) didn't know it. I would think that a running celebrity... Minor. a A knee doctor... Whatever that's called, Jordan would have to Google it for me. Hmm. Whatever a knee doctor is called, that would be one popular type of running doctor. But if I was going to pick any doctor that you would have a system for finding the best one, it would probably be foot doctor. But maybe I'm wrong. Um. You, yeah, actually, you're wrong. Although there, uh, for some reason, the, the phrase uh, of, for the kind of doctor one sees for sports injuries, and I've had to see them over the years... Has completely slipped my mind. Is it an orthopedist? Thank you. Oh, okay. I'm excited that I got it. <laughs> I don't. I haven't had to see one, thankfully, in a long time. But I have seen my share of orthopedic surgeons and specialists. I bet if Peter Sagal went to the doctor and he said, "I need to see an orthopedist," they'd send him straight to the famous Doctor Frank Job and give him Tommy John surgery. What That's is, what I think. What's that? No matter what the, that, no matter what no matter the injury what I mean, was. if I went in like with a with a with a strained calf muscle or or, or, or yeah, or, or, they'd or, say this is this is Peter Sagal from Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. This guy's and a they star. would perform a Tommy John surgery on my arm, even though yeah. the injury were beating my leg. 
This guy's because a self that's, that's, self-proclaimed that's the... major running celebrity. Exactly. I did say that. I'm sure I did. <laughs> Matt, insert insert uh, Peter saying major before running celebrity. Yeah, and take out when he said he was a minor running celebrity. Right, yeah, replace minor with major every so Peter looks weird. No problem, yeah. guys. I'm gonna use one of these AI machines and make him say oh, all sorts of finally. stuff. Oh, oh, <laughs> Can you have him come up with some chocolate chip cookie recipes too? Yeah, no. You mean like off the top of his head? Oh, and have it write no, a couple using, of Avengers yeah, movies. Yeah, write a couple of Avengers movies too, but uh, don't tell I, the union. I I, th- I thought you said make a chocolate chip cookie movie using Avengers movies, which would be a challenge. <laughs> no, I think you could do that. I mean, you got a back you got a background in screenwriting. Peter. Sure, absolutely. Can you? Here's actually a serious question. Can yeah. can can generative AI actually create a recipe? I mean, not like I mean, if you say, if you ask ChatGPT, can I have a chocolate chip cookie recipe? You'd imagine it would simply search the internet and find a highly ranked chocolate chip I, cookie recipe, like a major general, you know, lieutenant. I can general. tell you this right now. Yeah, I happen to know the answer to that question. It's the reason I I mentioned it. It's the reason yeah. it came to my mind. It's because my oldest child became excited at the idea of robots being able to generate ideas. Mm-hmm. And she had heard that they're not allowed to steal ideas. They have to change it a little bit. Is that true? I don't know. Okay. I don't know what the robot law... I'm not a robot lawyer, a podiatrist, you're not, you're or whatever they're called. You're not going to be fact-checking your child for my benefit? Of course not. Go on. Aren't there some, no. there's some laws of robotics, right? What are those? Yeah. <laughs> you have to protect uh, humans. Do no harm. Do no do harm. Not, do not steal recipes. Was that two or three? Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Right. Uh, look, fact checking is not part of homeschooling, as far as <laughs> I can tell. Um, so my my daughter had an AI, a publicly accessible AI. I don't know what which one. I'll say it's probably Deep Blue, the chess playing mainframe. Mm-hmm invent a chocolate chip cookie recipe and then they made uh the chocolate chip cookies and uh, and how were they they were a little grainy and mm-hmm. i said to my wife you know they could be they could be a lot worse they're they're a little bit grainy and she said i forgot to tell you they're gluten free and i said then they're a 10 yeah then a home run cuz there's no not grainy chocolate chip cookie that's gluten free so the fact that they were pretty good is a win do you think it would be funny if like the 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 chat gpt ai said like instead of putting in chocolate chips you put, to put in computer chips cuz it's a robot do you think that would have been funny yeah uh i'm going to check in with matt on this matt yeah that was that? funny <laughs> oh, that yeah, i didn't even tell in? you what i, I was going to ask you well i thought it was what jordan said about the computer chips classic well, joke what i okay but what i was going to ask you was mm. if you asked a generative AI sure. to make a chocolate chip cookie recipe yeah. or a cookie recipe. And instead of putting in chocolate chips, it said to put in computer chips. Would that be funny? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I have to reiterate that. That's that's just a good joke. Wait a minute. Which is funny? Thanks. Would Peter. it be funny mm-hmm. if the AI, if you said ChatGPT, whatever, Big Blue, right. please give me an original chocolate chip cookie recipe. And it said, please put in two cups of computer chips right uh-huh. so that's it's making the joke or was it funny when jordan just now suggested it might thanks for I, clarifying that when Peter. jordan said that it might it might be funny i wanted to 
say it it is funny. I didn't like laugh out loud at it, but as soon as he asked the question, I said, "Yeah, I'm laughing." Like, what do you, know, you do theoretically. when some, Wait, but what do you do when something's funny? <laughs> I usually just get mad that I didn't think of it. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. that tracks. He's an yeah. entertainment professional. Yeah, yep. Okay. Yeah, I just, yeah. I'm just yeah. boiling and resentment. Seethe and jelly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like ooh, yeah. I wish I could have come up with a computer chip joke. Yeah, for those listening at home who don't know a lot of people in the entertainment industry, it, the rage and anger is what we people it's experience all instead of what I think you people call pleasure. Yeah. No, anyway, <laughs> I, I made the cookies. I used uh. corn chips, and they came out great. Oh, that's not funny. Hold on. Yeah, I was about okay, to ask. Sorry. I wanted to okay. get a call. Okay. I feel like I feel like we're I feel like I don't know what role but I feel like we're like pointing to you in a way that a home plane umpire points at the first base umpire to see if the, the batter swung through. Right? <laughs> That's my Is role. Is that funny? Was that yeah. funny? Is that a swing? Yeah. yeah. Is that a swing? Everyone knows. For, That's that's what uh, I'm here for. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Matt. Uh Jesse, I had something I wanted to ask you about. Um yeah. and I also wanted to hear kind of Peter's about Peter's recent experiences in this zone. Uh, I know you just got off the road uh, with the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Um, Peter Sagal, you're always on the road with Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Or is that, Pretty much. Is that, is, is that fair to say that you're like on the road a lot with it? it we seems we like are. are. We, we, are, we are often, uh, about once a month, we, we get on planes and, and fly to various uh, far-flung cities. Uh, we were in your fair city of Los Angeles back in September. We were in Portland, Maine. Just Saw the show at the beautiful Greek theater. The beautiful Greek theater. Off. It was great. Um, it was a fun time. The Greek, playing the Greek. Whoever thought that would happen. Yeah. Portland, um, Maine is a real bouillabaisse of hip, beautiful. Gorgeous. And desperately bleak. It's, I, it, perhaps it's a it real was... three-way <laughs> combo. Maybe I just didn't go down the right road, but I did not. I did not encounter the desperately bleak during my brief visit. But May I can believe the it. Time of Jesse, year. after Jesse yeah. gets off stage, he cruises around for street drugs. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's maybe sort of my. It's sort of my thing. <laughs> hey, Everybody's got to have a thing. I just, I just, just imagining. You saying to some down east guy, you know, like, oh, where do I find, where, where's the red light district that I can buy some street drugs? And the guy's like, ah, oh, you can't get there from here. <laughs> <laughs> if you want the good heroin, you got to go down south. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, uh, your your partner and, and, and our mutual friend, Mr. Hodgman, is the only other person I know of. I'm sure there are many others, but he's the only other person I know of who is as obsessed as I am with the old Bert and I radio comedy recordings. Hodgman is so obsessed with this This for your benefit, Jordan. Yeah, I've never heard of this. And Matt, don't listen. For your benefit, Jordan, these are a man mm -hmm. who is not from Maine. But, by yes, the way, that, that's very important. <laughs> love it already. And he is a, was a celebrity in Maine for his Maine-themed humor recordings and performances which featured they're called Bert and I and they were stories about him and someone named Bert where there was no Bert there's no real Bert it was just it was just a man right yeah he, Bert never he's, appeared Bert was like a doing a voice like a Phil Hendry thing no Bert is a, like an off-screen character Okay. Bert yeah, so is referred to. Oh, like Vern from <laughs> Ernest. Yeah, like Vern. very much so. Although th uh, that would be a second person address. Like like Ernest was always talking to Vern. 
Yeah. yeah. While hey, the Burt and I guy, whose name I do not know, um, I'm sure Hodgman does, perhaps you do, just by osmosis, uh, his stories would always begin, Bert and I were down by the harbor, and then the story would proceed. Yeah. And there's but, yeah. a part where he starts a boat, and it goes, gun, 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 and it goes on forever. It's so, And he says it so slowly, and the audience is losing their fucking minds. <laughs> These people uh, are- This was and, like on, this is like on public radio? It was, as my memory of it is, this was back in the old days when such things were passed around on vinyl records. Oh, okay. Yeah. I heard it on LP. John, when I visited John's house in Maine when we were on tour, after playing a show in uh, Portland, Maine, a town Mm -hmm. composed exclusively of vintage stores and a minor league hockey arena, um, I, in a lovely harbor where you can't quite see the ocean- uh, I we went up to his house to John's house in Maine, and John was so excited that he made me listen to it. Like he put me down in front of his stereo like a child, and put the needle on the thing and said, "Listen to this. <laughs> it's long. <laughs> I'm gonna watch you and make sure yes. you're liking very it correctly slowly. That's Always part of it. <laughs> it really is kind of an." unbelievable regionally specific art form that really has almost no meaning outside of that context. Like it's like something that a trucker would buy on a cassette tape, but only if he was going from Portland to Bangor. Now here's the thing though. And I don't know. But was it possible that the Down East Mena uh, was as much of a cultural character as, say, the redneck is for Jeff Dunwoody or, you know, whatever uh, Larry the Cable Guy is supposed to be representing, i.e. a cultural, regional cultural stereotype or, you know, everything that Garrison Keillor did for his entire career. A regional stereotype that is well known enough that you could get mileage out of making fun of these people far away from their presumed home base. Um, I mean, we probably shouldn't get into how much anything Garrison Keillor ever did made sense to me. Right. But um, leaving that aside. So uh, hold on. Actually, I'm not going to be more of a fan of his conduct, right? Yeah. (laughs) His looming. More the man than the performer. Um, I I actually have a show, but solid guy. So, so, Jesse, I've always thought of you as somebody who who grew up listening to public radio and loving public radio so much so that you launched yourself sort of a self made career in public radio or, you know. uh, Yeah. So Garrison Keillor was not, shall we say, in your pantheon of of people you wanted to be like. Well, I, I will tell you, I can speak only for child and adolescent Jesse Thorne, listening to Quirks and Quarks from the CBC, listening to our friend Roman Mars and his zine of the airwaves, uh, Invisible Ink on KALW. Listening to, uh, you know, whatever uh, NPR news my parents were playing. Enjoying Car Talk, which I always enjoyed Car Talk. Could listen to Car Talk right now, I'd, I'd enjoy it. Even the parts where they're just reading email forwards out loud. Right. And I will say that at no point in my entire life 
has listening to a Prairie Home Companion done anything but made my eyes cross in a cartoon-like expression of white-hot rage. At no point in my life has it made me want to do anything other than put my face through a window. I, that, I, I, I was anticipating that, but I did want to, I did want to hear you, you know, okay. lay it out there. And I don't feel that way about, I don't think there's anything else in public radio that I feel that way about, sure. frankly. Like, you won't find me listening to the Thistle and Shamrock, because uh, I'm not into Celtic music, but I don't feel, I don't, that, it doesn't don't feel it. upset me. Yeah. You don't you don't start you know looking for the nearest shillelagh to bash the hell out of your audio <laughs> yeah. device. Plus, I don't need a... to look for my shillelagh. I keep it at hand. <laughs> exactly. Always keep it at hand. Yes, a shillelagh, <laughs> shillelagh to hand. <laughs> I can't think. Oh, a shillelagh to hand and a bird in the bush. And, 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 bird and a thousand and I miles out. is the finest day. <laughs> bird and I were missing our shillelagh. <laughs> anyway. And if you want to score some Molly for the Electric Daisy Carnival, you got to see my boy Big Blue. There are, I think, the world of audio comedy has my, really Matt ask Chat GPT if my character main drug dealer is going to catch on. All right, we'll do the world of of doing bits for audio, like whole productions. Yeah, like co- like comedy albums. Uh, as like uh, uh, with sketches on them, uh, routines, like real capital R routines. Right. This is a world, f- and I don't know if it's for people who were more bored, like slash didn't have anything to do, or you mean, more you mean the people high. Who, the people who did them or the people who listened People who were consuming them. The people right. who were consuming them. There, there was a, there was a, there was a time when like hip, cool people were doing radio or audio and, comedy. Like, like uh, they would, like coolsters, yeah. would gather around the hi-fi to listen to the latest Carlin record, right? Yeah, yeah. Or oh, the God. Fire Sign throw, Theater. Throw on or a something? Bob Newhart. Throw on a Tom the, Lehrer. Oh Lord, yeah. There, Bob, Bob Newhart. Yeah, I think probably became a celebrity because of his records, the button-down mind of Bob Newhart. And I cannot tell you. I think you guys are both too young for this, but I cannot tell you what it was like when "Let's Get Small" by Steve Martin came oh, yeah. out. Sure. I, I used to go over to a particular friend's house, and all we would do is listen to that record over and over again. To this day, I can remember bits from it. And now we're talking like more than forty years ago. You know, I have to that, say we that we hear I've... that a lot about our show. People, yeah, we hear that friends gather and they just sit quietly. Maybe they, you know, light up a dube, they pass it around, and they just listen. Yeah, but the, listen the to uh, my famous character, main drug dealer, who everyone it, likes. And, and yet, it's what's what's funny is <laughs> that we are sitting here and we are dissing or looking upon with like strange askance. We're looking mm-hmm. upon it with askance. You usually don't modify askance. I did, so I just wanted to say with askance. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at it askance, not with askance, but it's an adjective. Looking at it askance. Upon um, askance looking at her. Exactly. The notion of people sitting around and listening to comedy audio as if that is a very strange thing to do when it is in fact not only my entire career, but what we are putatively doing right now. This is an educational program, Peter. It's about podiatrists. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I can say as a producer of the show, it's not funny. <laughs> thank you, Matt. Yeah, thank you. Somebody just pointed down to first base and right, yeah. Matt, Matt waved it <laughs> Matt off. Matt gave like, the nope. shake. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Peter and Jesse, as the two road dogs, I, w- I did want to ask you where 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 you've been on your recent travels and if anywhere kind of like blew you away. Like it was I have never been to Maine, so it was interesting to hear Jesse's perspective of Maine. Uh, Peter, where, where do you always love to go to do? Wait, wait. Um, that's a really good question. Uh, there are certain cities that I just love because they're wonderful cities. People like places like Portland. Oregon and Portland, Maine. Hadn't been there in a long time. It's a fabulous place. Yeah, going go to, to the... a Portland's usually a pretty good bet. Yeah, you can't miss with Portland. I think as a general rule, go to a place called Portland. You'll probably have a fine time and there will be vintage stores. If Yeah, if you're looking for vintage clothing, that's yes, that's going to be your land. Port is going to be your land, I, 100%. I, 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 love, uh, I love, of course, San Francisco. I love Boston, where I spend a lot of time. I love New York, where I'm going next. Yeah, there, there are a few places I, I dislike... Um, Probably my my favorite place to go is probably New Orleans because I don't yeah, know Jesse. Rules. I don't know Jesse if if you had this experience in your recent tour or in the tours you've done before. But one of the sad things about America right now is a certain homogeneity. Yeah. Uh, e- even when it's a homogeneity of good things. So, for example. No matter where you are in America, people listen to the same public radio news yeah. quiz comedy program. Yeah, and the people apparently all people want to do is come out and see a certain public radio news quiz being performed live because that's the only people I ever meet. So clearly mm-hmm. they're all the same. No, I mean, I mean, like for example, we were in Portland and we ate at a fantastic restaurant called Twelve, I think. Twelve, yes, it was a number, and I think it was twelve. That's some real, that's some real Portland ass shit right there. Just well, that's what I rest, mean. Naming a restaurant a number. <laughs> Wait, which Portland are we talking? We're about? T- see, again, both? you you make my point. Works for both, <laughs> I went, I went, I went to. If I said the phrase, I went to Portland and I ate in a high end farm to table restaurant, chef driven farm to table restaurant called Twelve. You, there's nothing in that sentence. That would give you any clue which Portland I was talking about, I'm and that saying. even though the two Portlands right. are in fact very far apart, it could That's even be a Canadian Portland. Yeah, right. Side, side note: I just love the fact that they're doing chef-driven restaurants now. I just hate it when you let the busboy drive. It's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Don't it's let the, the worst. busboy drive the restaurant. What's that guy know? He's clearing book. the dishes. Let the chef drive. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's sort of what I mean, you know. I mean, but New it, Orleans is its own has its New own Orleans vibes. is its own vibe. New, New Orleans is so great because not only are the people there slightly different than everybody else in the architecture, but when people go to New Orleans, they behave in a way that they don't usually behave in other places. I'll tell uh, you, and I look. I'll stipulate my my lifelong best friend Pete Pete Fields of Slow Motion Cowboys is a professional musician who lives in New Orleans and performs live music there. But I will say that I got a real kick out of the time that my mother and father-in-law went to New Orleans and then they came back and all they could talk about was how much they enjoyed live music. There you go. Just That's a- as a general category, just, oh, we, we should go see live music. Let's yeah. go see some live music, they would say. They do that there. That's what the people like musicians move to New Orleans because they really love the live music. Anyway, I love uh, New Orleans. My, uh, my extended family is from New Orleans. So we like spent a lot of our like childhood, um, you know, like our summer vacations. We would go to, to see Auntie Sandra in New Orleans. Um, and it was always one of those things where as a kid, um, I don't think I loved it because it was like a boring family vacation. And right. I had to be away from my Nintendo, which you I guys loved. didn't drink giant 
slushy alcoholic beverages together? <laughs> no, yes. Uh, my parents would never let me have a sip of their hurricane Damn or it. their grenades, a couple of squares. Uh, kids shouldn't drink alcohol, they said. Um, and so well, I, they allowed kids to drink alcohol, just not through twisty straws. <laughs> right? Yeah, you have to have it out of a glass. You can't have. You cannot have it out of a plastic guitar, young man. <laughs> Drink your hurricane like a civilized young gentleman. It's said. it's one of the only cities where it is legal to have an alcoholic drink while being pushed in a stroller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's a two drink minimum at the playground. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, I, it was, and you know, and I think I, I was like, I was a timid child, so I don't think I liked going there and seeing like rowdy adults. I think they scared me, like sure. adults behaving rowdily. They scare me now. Sure. So <laughs> I don't know what those done. assholes are going to get up to. Uh, yeah. You know. uh, and also like there would be like, you would be walking by a store and there would be like a t-shirt with boobs on it. And then I would feel embarrassed that like my mom was there and I was looking at boobs on a t-shirt, you know? Um, because you were horny? Uh, yeah, I think I was feeling some early horny feelings, but also, you know, I was on a family vacation and it was do just you like think, a shirt in a gift shop that said like dump them out or something. What do you think it would be like if you went back and talked to little Jordan, little mm, baby, yes, elementary school Jordan, and you said, you know, at one point you were ashamed of these feelings you're having. Yeah. But now here I am to tell you as 40 year old Jordan. Right that you will make an incredible career as a federal body inspector. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, take this card. <laughs> you'll, have a, you'll have a very successful business offering free mustache rides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he'd be thrilled. Um, but I, uh, so I, I, didn't, I didn't, I wasn't that impressed with it as a kid, but like going back to New Orleans as an adult, I'm like, oh, this is the coolest and most fun place in history. And like the live music thing is such a cliche, but it's like you can like walk down a street and go into like five different bars and you'll have five different kinds of bands there. Fucking and they'll be all be and, fantastic. And they'll be great and everyone will be like super into it. Um, it's great. And you can be standing you, there on a the street and some musician will walk down the street playing at you. You don't even have to go into a doorway. Yeah. I talked I talked about this on the show, but when I went and uh, I officiated my friend Pete's wedding this past year in New Orleans and th they had like five different bands in the wedding, like mm -hmm. over the course of the wedding, they were like rotating bands in <laughs> like they had to invent new act, new wedding activities that aren't that aren't even parts of weddings so they could fit right. in extra bands. Okay, we got the side of too many guys. bands on <laughs> hand. <laughs> was that a was that a on, on the on the part of your friend Pete, was that a social obligation? Like he's a musician, he's in New Orleans, everybody's a musician, and he's like, I don't know what his wife's name is, but he's like, Honey, I'm sorry, man, but they I, they all want to play the wedding. We gotta find places for five bands. Is well, there I, is there a tradition of like having a musical accompaniment to like cutting the cake? Can we have somebody do that? I mean, is that what happened? They had us I mean, they had a second line, which is a cultural Yeah thing of New Orleans, and it was a big ass second line with a dozens of their people playing in it you know they they had a few extra horns or something that were somebody's friend but mostly it was people they knew who were professional musicians playing in the second line so so that was a big extravaganza but yeah i think i think it might be like if you got married in portland oregon you would have to add coffee between every course <laughs> 
I, you know, I yeah. should, like vodka I, in Russia. Yeah. Should it happen for me and I ever get married, I'm just going to have to have 10 different improv groups at my wedding. <laughs> is, that, is, is that just because of you live in L.A. or is that because of just you, the poor fortune of your social set? Of your social you, set? Yeah, I'm, you, a, I'm, Jordan a, I'm, a giant, I'm a giant fucking loser. do you jordan morris uh take so and so to be your blah 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 and then you say of course yes and now we're talking see that's fun i'm gonna go over to matt on that matt (laughs) super funny (laughs) listen let's do this let's take a break matt uh fact check everything we've done so far uh Mm. and we can just just let us know like what's been good what we should be calling back in the next segment and yeah and can you can you grade it out? Because we're going to need to know our war. That's wins above replacement. Yeah, you got it. I can do. I know everything. What you mean? BPMs. BPMs. I want to check the BPMs. That, that all makes yeah, sense. Can you check our BMs? We're getting old. I'll check them. <laughs> it should we'll be, be coiled, just, I guess. Coiled. I don't know. We'll be back in just. I mean, that's how young people seem to be doing it. They keep sending me that emoji. Yeah. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. <laughs> It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy, detective. Every episode of Jordan, Jesse, go brought to you by the members of Maximum Fun. If you're one of those members, we thank you. If you're not yet one, we invite you to become one at MaximumFun.org slash join. We're also supported this week by AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement designed to support whole body health. Jordan, we're talking here about a tasty powder. Yes, that that you distribute via scoop. Oh, well, scoop or packet. That's true. There's a lot there's there's a couple different ways to distribute AG1. Uh I personally like to scoop it. Uh it is packed with a science-driven formulation of 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics and whole food sourced ingredients of high quality designed to help gut and mood support, boost energy, even promote healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. What I like about it, Jordan, is when I am up in the morning mm-hmm. and I am bleary-eyed and I have a, 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 a let's call it a bucket full of AG1. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's technically a bucket because it has a lid, but you know what I'm talking about with a little scoop in there. Do buckets not have lids? Is that the definition of a bucket? Yeah, that's what a, that's what a bucket is. Anything that doesn't huh. have a lid. Huh. So I I get my little water bottle. I put some water from the fridge in there. I put a scoop in there. I give it a shake. And I actually look forward to drinking it because it is so tasty. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash jjgo. That's drinkag1.com slash jjgo. Check it out. We're also supported this week by the folks at Podia, a platform that gives you everything you need to run an online business. And I'm talking about without some Poindexter tech expert. Oh yeah, yeah. Th- those those types who needs them. They're good Not for. Not us. They're good if for, we have Podia. They're good for two things, Jesse. Take taking their lunch money. And dunking their heads in toilets. Other than that, we don't need them because we have Podia 
It's got a website builder. It can host and sell online courses or digital downloads, distribute your email marketing, and run your online community. It's easy to set up, edit, and design yourself. No tech expert required. Sorry, Poindexter. Now, Jordan, you know that I'm a muscle man. Oh, yeah. I've, I I know you're jacked. I know I'm known for the guns at my gun show mm-hmm. and my pec arrangements right. and for my powerful thighs. Yeah. Now, when I go to the beach, if I meet a poindexter, as you know, I like to kick sand on them. Right. But a lot of people ask me, Jesse, how do I find more information about how you got so strong and came to kick all this sand onto poindexters? And I said, well, I used Podia to create a website. It helped me with my email marketing so I could direct connect directly to these people. And then I just sold sand kicking seminars. Right. Before, you were going to the beach and sucking up to the Poindexters because you're yep. like, help me, sir. Help me help me with my email marketing, you would say to the flabby pale ones. Yeah. <laughs> the FPOs. Yeah, the FPOs, the flabby pale ones. But you don't need them anymore. Because you got Podia and you're distributing sand kicking courses yourself. It's true. Everything is in one place with one login. You don't have to figure out how to use or connect a bunch of tools. It all just works and it all just works together. Podia also starts at the best price, free. You can start a community, build a full website, make your products and start your email marketing all for free when you sign up at podia.com slash Go. Thanks, Podia. Jordan, you got a bookstore to shout out this week? Oh my gosh, Jesse, I totally do. Um, This is kind of exciting. Uh, We've been shouting out bookstores uh, where folks have been pre-ordering Youth Group, the upcoming YA horror comedy graphic novel from me and Bowen McGurdy. Um, You can pre-order it anywhere. You know, you could go to Amazon, you could go to Barnes & Noble, but we would love it if you'd go to your local indie bookstore, pre-order it there, and tell us where you pre-ordered so we can shout them out. Uh, This week, I actually got an email from a listener who, Jesse, you won't believe this, works at the bookstore. What? Yeah. You're telling me a Jordan Jesse Go listener works at a bookstore? I know. They're probably the only one. It's weird. I never thought I'd hear of such a thing. But yes, uh, one of our listeners does indeed work at Westside Books. That's over there in Denver, Colorado on the west side. Um, westsidebooks.com uh, you can pre-order your copy there uh, and yeah and hey uh, you're, you're doing something cool you're, you're not only supporting uh, the book you're supporting uh, a small business that employs Jordan Jesse Go listeners uh, really cool really fun um, uh, I love hearing about folks uh, pre-ordering at their local indie uh, westsidebooks.com you can go there and, and if you pre-order at your favorite local indie uh, let us know which one it is, and uh, we'll try and shout them out here on the show. Can I make a suggestion? If you have a pal out there who loves Jordan Jesse Go mm-hmm. or who loved Bubble, why not pre-order them a copy of the book, print out the cover, put it under the old Christmas tree, and then they get two gifts. They get to open up that thing, find out that they that you pre-ordered that book for them, and then a few months later when the book is out, pa-pow, it shows up at their door. Ba-boom. How great is that? That's it's a double so gift. Great. I would yes, I would love to see if 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 you can, if you're out there and you are giving a youth group pre-order as a gift, please wrap it up, 
uh, put it under the tree, uh, put it wherever wherever you're given your gifts. Uh, and I want to see someone uh, unwrapping it and reacting like that kid who got the N64 in that viral video. Yeah, absolutely. I want to see that level of excitement, and I and I and I know it won't be hard because it's an exciting book. And I'll mention that if you're looking for some place to get a few more Christmas gifts, check out the Put This On Shop at PutThisOnShop.com. That's my online vintage store. Everything from uh, really gorgeous fancy things to little tiny special things. Uh, I just bought a few more uh, to add to my collection of circa 1900 dog breed pins. <laughs> these pins have these little illustrations of different dog breeds, and they they came with uh, they came with your pack of t- tobacco in 1900 when when you bought your cigarettes you got one of these little pinbacks and they have these little sort of lithographed uh pictures of dog breeds they're the sweetest thing in the world and they're the perfect thing to put into someone's uh to put into someone's stocking or what have you what right what, what, what of, breeds uh, are we talking about oh i mean what i mean dalmatian Wow. <laughs> Try that on for size. Ever heard of an English bulldog? How about no. that one? <laughs> I've never uh, heard of that. Great Dane. That's one of the biggest fucking dogs, and oh it God. fits right on this little pin. Sounds like a huge dog. Yeah, anyway. Put this on shop.com, and if you use the code JJGO, you get free shipping on almost anything. So use that code JJGO. I mean, obviously, lots of we have beautiful rings, money clips, pocket squares, lovely fancy things, things for... Uh, ladies' tastes as well, but uh, all all kinds of stuff available to you at putthisonshop.com. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy, detective. And I'm Peter Sagal, a bad motherfucker. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, see, now you can say it. Just took one segment to warm up. Yes. I had and to wait public until radios. you guys weren't waiting for it anymore. Now say cum gutters. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's reasonable. Yeah. Jordan, you probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I find, I mean, it's the I, muscle. I mean, I, it's the muscle that I know. Anyway. I, see, it's interesting because I, I just don't approve of that, of that slang term. Okay. I mean, you I think mean, that it should just be allowed to sheet on the roof? No, I think. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I mean. Here's the thing: that I know what you're referring to. You're referring to that sort of line that appears in the lower abdomen of very fit. I think men, maybe. Yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. And and it's very important that we have some way to describe that, right? Right. And yeah. one of the things, in fact, I love is when somebody says, "Oh, that thing that we've never known how to what it's called." Like it's like an like like sort of an aglet for everything, right? The yeah. aglet being the little thing at the end of a shoelace. Um, and I'm glad that there's a term for that because we needed a term for it. Right. But the term that we use, or you just use, cum gutter, is so evocative and vivid. Right. Vividly evocative of kind of a, a scenario that I'm immediately I don't want to talk about it anymore. How about this? Uh, just as a nicer. Pivot. Yeah. Let's, we could start this here because I agree with you. It's you know, it's it's one of those things. It's the the 
the the term we all chose was happened to be the most disgusting meme one. I don't remember choosing it. Nobody asked me. Can I say that there I was a, wanna... they mailed they mailed you a ballot. It might you oh, might it might have looked like junk mail. It did. You might have thrown it, did. it out. And you know, yeah. and it says like open immediately. Right, exactly. And so you know, yeah, this is a credit very card important thing dated or... material. And you're like, come yeah. on, please. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that credit was card. It. That was and it. I didn't know that was when we all voted on cum gutters. If only I didn't <laughs> this know. This is why only white men, old white men win Oscars. Too. Exactly. It's the same thing. People just not opening up there. Here's the thing, Jordan. Yeah. I do think we can count this as a victory. And I'll tell you why. Hmm. Um, earlier on, you suggested that Peter say cum gutters, and right. he refused. Uh-huh. But you tricked him into saying it anyway. <laughs> well, I don't want I don't want anybody to have to say this if they don't want okay. to. Um, and I'm sorry I brought it up. And here's it. Let's let's do this. Let's try and okay. let's let's create a movement. So right. maybe, and again, I not that we're sex negative or kink shaming anyone, but you know, maybe we need a little more of a of a family friendly PG thirteen term for this. Right? How about this, Daddy's ditches? Yeah, Daddy's, Daddy's ditches. Ditch. Yeah, yeah. Just a couple of ditches in Daddy, and you uh-huh. can put whatever you want to in there. Here's a term that, on the one level, is the sort of thing that I think I'm asking for. But at the same time, it's not a pleasant term, and that is camel toe. Right. Yeah. Again, something else. Like we need. That's a thing, and we need something. We need a way to describe it. Right. Yeah. Because it's going to come up in conversation. Yeah. And and unlike the phrase under prior discussion, there's nothing particularly disgusting about that. Right. And yet, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So we should probably focus in on talking about it some more. Here's my question. <laughs> here's my question for you, Peter. Peter, here's my question for you. Yeah. You're obviously, you know, tip of the hat to Usain Bolt. But yeah. you're one of the top five running celebrities. All right. Now you're just proving that you know runners. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're one of the you're one of the most you're one of the biggest uh running celebrities in the world. Of course, everybody, anybody out there. Uh, who subscribes to Runner's World knows yeah. that you're a columnist for Runner's World. Runner's, yes, Runner's, Runner's World. Yeah, in fact, world. in fact, I'm such a big, uh, I'm such a big running uh, celebrity that uh, many people call the activity itself segaling now. Right, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to segle down to the store. Although, <laughs> guys, guys, exactly. Guys, oh, I'm, sorry, I'm getting sorry, older, man. but don't worry. I still do my segles. <laughs> no, no, man. I'm sorry, guys. This has been great, but I got a segel. I got a segel. Okay. Um, <laughs> the no, actually, this is that's not true. This is true that for a good while, at least a couple of months, I a picture of me running was the lead f- photo on the Wikipedia article for running. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And that was not. That was not an accident. The person, my dear friend, um, Kyle Cassidy, a photographer and artist and raconteur in Philadelphia, took the picture and he intentionally put it there because you can do that. And it lasted for a while. So I literally was like the platonic ideal of running. I was to running what that, you know, that kilogram under like the in a vacuum under a dome in Paris was to the kilogram. You know what I mean? Right. I was the standard. I um, think of you as... Because my wife used to subscribe to Runner's World magazine and your column ran in Runner's World magazine. Excuse I think me, you... it sagled. Okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you, Peter. <laughs> I think of you as the Andy Rooney of the running world. You know, that is not inaccurate 
because, of mm-hmm. course, uh, for, again, listeners who are not our age, Andy Rooney was this genial fellow who used to do commentary on 60 Minutes. And, 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 and we, we, have, we have remembered him in the kind of a loving parody of like, have you ever noticed? And he would mention yeah. some trivial thing. And uh, when you're writing about running on a regular basis, you, you really are reduced to like, have you ever noticed that sometimes your thighs chafe? And if you can get like a column out of that. Yeah. You're doing great because you're running. like, you've got an index card with four jokes on it right now about plantar fasciitis. Yeah. Oh yeah. The plantar fasciitis, the Roman emperor, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I, 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 I should say that I, uh, you see, I should yeah, say good. that I, good I, I don't, I don't, I don't write for runner's world anymore. The, the oh, magazine was wow. sold about four or five years ago from one group to another. I think a larger magazine group bought Rodale, which was the press that published they it. They fired you from Runner's World. No, now what they did, just, they because just, of your merged. controversial so it's, views? It's better they, homes and gardens and running and guns and ammunition. Exactly. It's all, uh, in, you know, in, in, in the end, all magazines uh, turn into one and Peter Sagal runs through it. Um, <laughs> Peter Sagal sails through, through it. No, it, that's, yeah. two, that's two, it's a hat and a hat. Anyway, yeah. um, the point of the story is they didn't fire me per se. They fired everybody I worked with, every editor. Oh. <laughs> um, and... I was told by my direct editor, the guy I had worked with most recently and most closely, oh, said, I mean, I'm leaving, they're getting rid of me, but uh, they like you and they want you to continue running for the magazine and uh, writing for the magazine. And I never heard from them. And uh, they, recent, <laughs> they recently mentioned me in a flattering way. Well, not really, but they, they did before the um, New York Marathon. They often do this, you know, celebrities who have run the New York Marathon. And for the first time ever, I was one of them, and they referred to, as a, referred to me as a former Runner's World columnist, which was the first recognition I've gotten from the current regime that I ever existed. So I'm, That's I'm, the I'm dream. About, yeah. That's like being on your high school's notable alumni list on Wikipedia. It mm-hmm. absolutely is. Okay, oh, so that here's is my the question perfect, for you. perfect metaphor for it. That's exactly what it feels like. Here's my question for you is, as a guy with a, a full uh, list of jokes about uh, runner's hats... And then a second list of jokes about putting a hat on top of the runner's hat. Right. Uh, what is the most, what is the m- farthest you've ever run? The farthest I have ever run is um, a little bit more than 26.2 miles. How, what are we talking about? Like well, a few the, hundred I mean, the, feet? Like Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the, 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 the farthest I've, the farthest race I've ever done is 26.2, a marathon. I've done that 16 times. and But there were times when, for whatever reason, I had to go a little further, or more often I had to start a little further back, so you add on a little. But no, I've never done like uh, an ultra, and many of my various running friends are encouraging me to do a 30-mile race, 40-mile, 50-mile, even a 100-mile race. I would, like, I would like to see more marathons throw a little extra on as like to top other marathons. So I'm not talking about 50 mile ultra marathon in the desert or whatever. I'm just talking about what if one is 26.4 or what just about to, this? Just to mix. Yeah. 26.2 miles at the end, you fight a guy. Well, yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I think that the, the distance thing can get out of hand. And and I was about to say that, you know, there, that, that does occur. There are, 30 mile, 45. I've even met people who run 200 mile races, which blows my mind. Uh, But 
I think that the, 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 the better and more interesting way to go is with obstacles. Uh, like uh, one of my very favorite shows was American Gladiators, not to be confused oh, yeah. with sure. American Ninja Warriors, which is also fun. But American Gladiators, again, well, for the young Ninja people. Those Ninja Warriors are no gladiators, Peter. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, the, in America. Ice, yeah. Oh, what, thank if you. Put those American, if you put those American Ninja Warriors into the arena at the Coliseum in, in front of Emperor Planter Fasciitis, yes. they simply couldn't make the grade. I don't think so. Especially because they were wearing spandex, which probably would not have a much you know, of a, of a effect against a... A gladius, the short sword yeah. for which the gladiators took their names. Um, but American Gladiator was this show in which people had to go through an obstacle course, climbing things, jumping over things. But while doing it, these bodybuilders and wrestlers, people of quite extraordinary physique, dressed Actor in spandex. Terry Crews, for example. Yeah. Oh, was he an American yeah. Gladiator? Because I interviewed him many years ago. And what if I had his... known that, I what would not have talked to him about anything else. <laughs> What's it like to fire a tennis ball cannon? <laughs> I yeah, wrote exactly. a book. <laughs> oh. And I wonder, I wonder if, like, for example, the tennis ball cannon was like the, I mean, did they want to do the tennis ball cannon guy? Or did they want to be the guy with the big stick or the padded stick to right. knock them? Or the, the guy with the big, you know, bolster worn as a shield? I would go for the tennis ball cannon, but I'm a physical coward and I want to keep my distance from yeah. any. Primitive. I'd be the guy that throws crabs. Is that a guy? I don't remember live crabs. I don't remember yeah, that. Live Maybe crabs I right out of a tank. Is this oh my were, God. now? Were you just watching the main only version of American Gladiators? Yeah, I was watching it while my family's on vacation in Maine, right. and there's a part <laughs> where they throw lives, live, live yeah. crustaceans right out of a tank, yeah, plus so, clams. It's true. You remember a little while ago, I was saying that I have often thought that I have more random thoughts than other people, just yeah. on uh-huh. average. I'm not a yeah. freak. I'm just on average. No, you're not Here's some a... nasty, nasty thought freak. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I'm not. I'm not the monster Although, I worry I am. I'm not. I'm not. Jordan, but... I think you know. I do like freaks. I think you know why. Jordan. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, they come out at night. <laughs> yeah, and also they're excellent they... lovers. Yeah, they're very good very lovers. Good lovers. Uh, what I was going to say was that. Here's a th- here's an example. Whenever I see some sort of action film or TV show in which one of the combatants does that cool somersault move, you know, where they'll dive toward where they need to go, they'll do a somersault, come up and either punch the guy or jump behind whatever they need to jump behind, you know, like trying to evade or trying to attack, you know, yeah. you've seen that a million times. Whenever I see that, I think of this, a moment on American Gladiators when a guy was trying to get off was trying to get across the field of fire of the tennis ball gun. And he did that move, that Shatner-esque, if you will, dive, roll back onto his feet on the other side. And he was gunned down easy as as, he was a sitting duck. Sure. And and the, the host said to him, yeah, always a good idea to stay on your feet. And... And that no. stayed with me because if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Because once you commit to the somersault, especially while somebody's shooting at you, you are basically telling, you know, through visual input, exa- the, 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 the assailant where you are going to be in the next couple of seconds. You're going to be rolling that way, right? And that's why the tennis ball gun, gunner got him. Uh, and so whenever I, whenever I see that on a TV show or a film, I'm watching this, I'll sit there and I go, yeah, that, no, that wouldn't work. You know what? Because of Gladiators. And the same way, whenever I see somebody do that in a movie, like an action movie or whatever, I just imagine myself throwing crabs 
and lobsters and sometimes clams at them. Yeah. Again, I think that was a local version. But here's the thing. If they didn't commit to that very cool looking but inefficient and ineffective somersault, they would have been able to dodge the crabs. Can I tell you this? Yeah. Do you know those big fat rubber bands that they put on the crab's claws and the lobster's claws? Of course. So they can't pinch you? Yeah. I, I'd take those right off. If you were the lobster. Right. No, well, here's no, the problem. I, no, if I was throwing lobster. I'm oh, a, I'm sorry. I'm a human man. Actually, I, I, I thought you were I thought you were sort of in a, in a weird way critiquing the lobster. You're like, lobster, just take them off, man. What are you doing no, there? No, I mean that is Great David uh, that Foster is Wallace evidence book, of critique the lobster. <laughs> that is that is good evidence, I think, of man's dominion over the beasts, is that the lobsters have never thought to just take the rubber bands off. Yeah. That, that, that was like a discarded Gary Larson cartoon with the lobsters going, hey, they just come off. Sure. Um, yeah. Peel it off with your eye stock. When we were in... <laughs> it's another part of a lobster. Yeah, you know two runners, I know two lobster parts. <laughs> we're both very smart. I'm, I'm as smart as you in many ways. <laughs> When we were in Portland, we interviewed a guy named Jacob Knowles, who's become an Instagram famous lobsterman. Ooh. Oh, is he like? And is he like hot? Is it like hot lobster guy? Is that part? Yes. Of it? Well, he. I asked him about that on stage, and he was a little bashful about being the hot lobster guy. But take right. it from take it from a man myself. Fred Schneider just follows him around everywhere, yelling, "Hot exactly. lobster! Hot lobster!" Man, did you make that joke on the show? No. There was a there was a woman. Um, <laughs> there was a woman when we finished our show in Portland, Maine. We were out out to dinner or, or drinks or something with me and Hodgman and some of Hodgman's main friends who'd made. Did the you trip. go to twelve? It's very good. Uh, I, we did not go to twelve. <laughs> Do we not go to eleven. <laughs> Do not go to thirteen. <laughs> we went to what I can only describe as a dive bar themed bar, but it was pretty good. That's they nice. had pretty good food there. Wait a minute. Okay, this this requires some uh, exposition. What is the difference between a dive bar and a dive bar themed bar? How do you tell it's it's a theme, ra- a costume rather than clothing? Shall we it say? depends how many vintage clothing stores there are on that block. Right. Well, what if the dive how, bar I think the I predated think the, the vintage clothing stores? Right. Great question. I think right. here's I, I I know the category that Jesse is talking about and. You know, sometimes the differences are subtle. And I would say that the main difference, if you're wondering what you're in, if you're you're somewhere you're like, is this a dive bar or is this a dive bar themed bar? Just take a look around and take into account how many people there have wet hacking coughs. <laughs> if it's more than 50 percent, you are in an actual dive bar. Right. I think you would have to be how many people are there drinking alone at 11 a.m. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Is we it before were... noon? Am I currently in a place that's open before noon? Exactly. We were at this dive bar theme bar with pretty good food, and it was a bunch of people that Hodgman knows from Maine. They were all a lot of fun, really nice, be. fun, cool folks. There was a woman there who was a friend of someone who was friends with Hodgman. So someone that John didn't know. Obviously, I didn't know. Uh, and she's like a young woman, maybe in her late 20s. Very good looking lady, really didn't look like she wanted to be there, looked confused as to why everyone was laughing, looked like it upset her to some extent. Not a, not so much of an extent that she uh, 
would say something, but that she, there was a, there was a little bit of um, of smoldering grout, uh, uh, smoldering glares. Is this Daria? That, Did you hang out with Daria? Yeah, it was basically Daria. And at some point, uh, she mentioned someone asked her something, and and she mentioned that she had a podcast, and. We're like, oh well, here's an opportunity to build common cause with this woman. Yes. For for we too are podcasters, right? And we uh, we said, what's what's your podcast about? And she said, aquaculture best practices, <laughs> like that. I hope. Yeah, aquaculture best practices is what her podcast was about. Anyway, I gave a well, listen wait a to it. It's definitely better than this show. <laughs> did she did she say cuz you did it two different ways. Did she say aquaculture best practices? I.e. heard of it? Yeah. Or aquaculture best practices? Like I know. No. It's obscure. Neither of those. This, it was I mean, I think if we were to categorize this show, it's cum gutters best practices. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say that she said it in neither of those ways. And if my performance betrayed me, I apologize. Uh, I would say she said aquaculture best practices, as in I am secure right. in knowing what my show is about. My show is about something significant. You guys are just laughing for no reason. <laughs> she might have and a it, point. Yeah, you know? no, I agree with, I'm 100% on her side here. There's no question that she was in the right. She's smarter than us, better looking than us, better podcaster. She didn't, she shouldn't have had to be there. Whatever circumstances led her to be at this dive bar. You know what probably bar. happened? You know what probably happened to this poor woman? This poor woman said, oh no, you should come out. They are also podcasters. Yeah. And they, she th assumed that we were that we were going to talk aquaculture. Useful, no, or that you had some useful trade, yeah. That you were trying to advance through your audio work. She probably thought that she would have. I mean, because to her, that's what podcasts are. They're like they're like trade journals. They're places where people go for betterment in their field of of inquiry or commerce. And you guys are just white guys making jokes were it not about sustainable podcasting i were it not about sustainable aquaculture yeah it would be about sustainable something she yeah, at the very least although reasonably if if it was sustainable podcasting would that have counted for her yeah i mean if you had, if she had said what is your podcast about and instead of just white guys making each other laugh you would have said oh sustainable podcasting mm. well we buy offsets Peter, just so you know, we, we buy offsets to make up for the effect on the ozone layer of what, all of this. What is the offset of white guys it's laughing at their cheer. own jokes? Ugh. Like, I mean, how do you offset that? Do you like have beleaguered minorities being sad? I mean, what is like, suffering no, the depredations of, of no, the patriarchal culture? I mean, it's hopeless. No, yeah. this, this is, I don't know. I mean, for every... For every uh, for every episode we release, we have to go out there and take down one improv group. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. I mean, I was about to just say to keep maybe the balance. In, yeah, convince one improv group to give up improv and just go into yeah, advertising I mean, or whatever. I mean, yeah. it, it, it would it would really creative. You'll do great. It would really. It's not so much a demographic thing as a smugness offset. Yeah, right. You'd have to. 
We're smug neutral on this show. Right, smug exactly. Neutral. You have to be smug neutral. You have to be uh, like, hey, yeah, we're we're getting more smug, but we've 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 told an entire in crowd group has decided to go to law school instead. We we need to go listen, to momentous occasions here. Yeah, we're listen. We're we're three of us. We're white. We're making each other laugh, but we do have some podcast business to get to. There is a call. We're running long. Let's play the call, and we can each say like one sentence about it. Great. Hey, uh, I just scrolling on Facebook and saw that a friend of mine is uh, working on art for uh, someone who has hired her to make art for their book. And uh, the book is called Sex Bunker Apocalypse. Sex Bunker Apocalypse. And she's, you know, she's regularly posting, you know, the art that she has made and then the new art based on the latest instructions. Um, yeah. We actually Matt, can you make a this, booking note? Yeah. Actually, we picked this call on purpose. Peter, we know yeah. you want to plug your book. I appreciate that. Thank you. And I just want to say about that woman, she takes notes very gracefully. <laughs> and I really appreciate that. I mean, she's very she's very open to creative input. I mean, I'm not the professional. We know that. I, I lead with that. I say to her, I'm not the artist. I'm just the author of Sex Bunker Apocalypse. Uh-huh. But I, I, I feel like I know the vibe that I want. So work with me right, as we try right, to right, find right. a way that you can express it. Did the Sex Bunker Apocalypse artist have a question? No, it's not a question. It's not I a think question this is a, segment. This is someone, this is that thing where you notice an acquaintance doing something weird on Facebook and it blows your mind uh, and you become obsessed with it. Right. Um, yeah. I feel like I there's a, a modern version of that is I feel like I have people who, you know, on my Facebook where I'm like, oh, this is like, you know, someone I kind of knew in college or like this is someone who was in a department that wasn't mine uh, at a job that I had, but we interacted sometimes. And I feel like I have a couple people like that on Facebook, casual acquaintances. I kind of remember where I know them from. And there's this thing where I'm just constantly scrolling through their stuff going, is this person in a thruple? Are they in a thruple now? They they might. And I'm, you know, I'm not. I, yeah. I, You're you know, not it's sure cool if, if they are. I just want you to fine. post. This is the thruple. I Googled Sex Bunker Apocalypse and I was able to find the writing blog of the author of Sex Bunker Apocalypse. I'm not going to. Say their name, but you you certainly can Google it yourself if you'd like to know I, the author. I name. just did, and uh, there he is. Yes, I just want I want to clarify. Technically, it's a trilogy. It's about a trio of lovely <laughs> younger adults who find themselves placed in a world of magic, strange people, and stranger creatures. The world has changed after the storm, capital S, but they remain untouched, locked away in. Well, I won't spoil it, but. There's definitely a bunker involved. Hell if yeah. you if you scroll up, because I have a feeling you and I are looking at the same page on the World Wide Web, uh, you will find that there is a uh, a subtitle. It is Sex Bunker Apocalypse colon Seven Decades in Heaven. <laughs> That's pretty good. Love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I'm. I I love this guy. I mean, I mean, everybody. You know. 
the 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 writer, the self-published writer, whatever, is a figure he or she is a figure of fun. They should not be. These people are devoted. These people have a dream, and these people are going to do this goddamn thing, no matter what anybody else thinks. And the fact that this guy, I almost want to say his name, but I'm not going to say his name. I don't. Why aren't we saying his name? Well, we don't know. We don't want. Yeah, I understand. We're not going to say his name. But this guy, you, sir, I'm thinking your name. The fact that you even took the next step and you hired an artist to illustrate it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we should we should all we should all have the the we should all be such self starters. According exactly. to this, according to this blog entry, a super cool artist is working on the covers. I, I love that. I mean, I love because you know, as someone who spent my, too many years looking for the approval of gatekeepers, right? Right. Oh yeah. yes, you can come to the school. Oh yes, you can have this job. The fact that this guy is like, "Fuck you! I don't care if you don't want me to write my." sex fantasy trilogies yeah. i'm just sorry gonna do it sorry simon and your little buddy schuster exactly you don't see the erotic potential in the sex bunker just getting it on in front of a bunch of cans of fruit cocktail that's hot yeah uh yeah can i just say uh there's not stupid stuff thrown in for the sake of page count these books really wrote themselves <laughs> that's I mean, the idea that he's just sitting there in front of his computer, wherever he writes, maybe he's doing it in longhand with pen, you know, like Neil right. Gaiman does with a fountain maybe pen. Maybe one of those typewriter know. guys. One of those maybe. Type, a typewriter but, and guy. the idea that just like the flow, the characters themselves are telling right. them, you know, he's just taking dictation. He's in yeah. the flow. <laughs> so and again, speak. I, I right. mean this unironically, like go, you, you go, guy. Yeah. Listen, why don't we all take a little break, take some dictation. Come back and finish it up. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Somewhere in an alternate universe where Hollywood is smarter. And the Emmy nominees for Outstanding Comedy Series are Jet Pacula, Airport Marriott, Thruple, Dear America, We've Seen You Naked. And Allah in the family. In our stupid universe, you can't see any of these shows, but you can listen to them on Dead Pilot Society, the podcast that brings you hilarious comedy pilots that the networks and streamers bought but never made. Journey to the alternate television universe of Dead Pilot Society on MaximumFun.org. Hello, sleepyheads. Sleeping with Celebrities is your podcast pillow pal. We talk to remarkable people about unremarkable topics, all to help you slow down your brain and drift off to sleep. For instance, we have the remarkable Neil Gaiman. I'd always had a vague interest in live culture, food preparation. Sleeping with Celebrities, hosted by me, John Moe, on MaximumFun.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Night-night. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy, detective. And Peter Sagal, bad motherfucker. Yes. yes Peter yes, Sagal, of course, yes. is the host of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, public radio and podcasting's smash hit news quiz comedy program. Yeah. That's about right, right? Yeah. Pretty good I, smash, smash hit. It's it, a smash it, hit. Say, look, Sagal, 
Sagal, as the host of NPR's least successful program, <laughs> I stand here ready to say that Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a smash hit program. I, I appreciate that, but it implies some kind of like sudden glory that I don't think applies to our show. You know, that's or, or true. Kind of exci- it, didn't, you know? it didn't work for the first couple of years. <laughs> yeah. and it took the fact a while that to put it, the pieces together. It, that's yeah, true. It certainly did. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, you have all kinds of great uh, comics on on the show paneling. Uh, a lot of people who are favorites of this show. Uh, yes. You got a Josh Gondelman. You got a Cristela Alonzo, an Emmy Blotnick. Some of the some of the funniest folks uh, that there are. Helen Hong. Oh my gosh. Some oh of my gosh. Helen Hong, Hari Kondabolu. I've heard on the show. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. If 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 uh, if you haven't haven't tuned into Wait Wait in a while, you guys uh, really do a great job booking those panels. Some we the, we have some of the funniest have... people in the world. We have some wonderful producers uh, who are very tuned in to who the cool people in comedy are, and we're very lucky that uh, some of them agree to come on our show. Yeah, they're yeah. awesome. They're, they're, they're why I mean, quite literally, they're why I continue to have a job because if you didn't get to hear cool people like if you didn't get to hear, hear me talking to cool people like the aforementioned, why would you listen? Peter, do you think you could get a gladiator on there? I would love to. American uh, or international? Mm. Sure. I mean, I don't. Are there any other gladiators around these well, days? Regional main gladiators. I think we discovered. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. guess so. But they're American. Yeah, I would, I, I, if there is, I mean, I, I, it turns out as you've just told me that I had one on. I didn't know it. Yeah. Um, but I would love to. If there's, if Turbo, if you're out there, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm here for you. I, Oil I, slick. I, call Peter. Yeah, I was man. like, I'm waiting for you in the sex bunker. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go for the, the apocalyptic sex bunker. I actually, I want to. All right, is are they in the sex bunker because they're hiding from the apocalypse, i.e., like you know, survivalist kind of sex scenario, or is it an apocalypse in the sex bunker? Is it like the the the, the emotional oh, right. travails are getting such sure. that it's like an apocalyptic scene? That's a great question. I think that's that's why we all gotta we gotta pre order our copies. Yeah. Just anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. It's it's really fucking blowing my mind right now. I kinda think that the apocalypse is the intensity, volume, and ex- and unusual creatures involved <laughs> in the sex that's happening in the bunker. Mm-hmm. So the bunker is a place you go to fuck with all these incredible elements. Mm-hmm. Also, kindness. I didn't even mention that he he makes it clear that this that the characters are kind to each other. Oh, that's nice. And uh, uh, the the bunker is is sort of the nexus for this apocalyptic level of horniness, fluids, and uh, unprecedented acts. Right. That's my feeling about it. I can't say for sure. That's my feeling about it. I don't Peter know. Sagel. Peter yes. Sagel. This I'm sorry. Is something... I'm, 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 I'm on the website reading an excerpt. I'm sorry. I'm not listening to a single word you're saying. But go, go on. Yes, something... you were saying? This is something for, for you to uh, bring this back to the Wait Wait offices. Pass it around the table. See if anybody's got any ideas. Let's let's have the author of Sex Bunker Apocalypse on next week's show. I think let's that's a good idea. Let's cancel Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> they will kill at the not my job. They will kill really at not will. my job. They really will. I, I don't know, man. Scar Joe. Yeah. As I call her. Uh, Peter Sagal is, uh, of course, the host of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Also the author of the incomplete book of running. Uh, if you want to read about running from the perspective of the Steve Prefontaine of his time. Mm. 
the great Peter Sagal. Yet alive. Yeah. The, the living... number of differences between myself and Pre, that's one of them. The living Prefontaine. Well, I mean, you you do wear those cute little shorts. <laughs> and my hair, and I do wear the cute little shorts, and my hair does does do that as I move, yeah. as you saw. You got that majestic, floppy 70s hair. That's yeah. also true. Who, who, was it Billy Crudup who played Billy Prefontaine in one of there those movies? Two Prefontaines, right? We discussed that. We discussed that. There so were one two. is hey, Billy. Wilson okay. Prefontaine. Who do you think it is, Jordan? Is it Luke Wilson? Luke, Luke Wilson, Wilson was one of the Prefontaines? He Maybe does I'm look like that. Prefontaine. Looks like Jared Leto was oh. one of the Prefontaines. Wow. Yeah, that would make sense. And Billy fella. Crudup is the other. Billy Crudup is the other. Who's your favorite Prefontaine? <laughs> Maximumfun.org slash Reddit. Get on I, there. You know what? <laughs> let's, make a, Reddit. let's make a Prefontaine uh, tier list a premium <laughs> cable rom-com and we can get luke wilson to play prefontaine yeah that's i mean i could see that yeah i think that would be a lot of fun okay anyway peter sagel what a joy and an honor we're huge fans I'm, it's a culmination of of years of of hopes and it's very kind of you to come on our program um and we're we're very thrilled to have had you thank it's, you very it's, much it was my pleasure i'm so glad i was finally able to do it our theme music is Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Our producer is Matt Lieb. Producer Emeritus Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. You can find us on social media over there on Reddit. We're at MaximumFun.Reddit.com where you can chat about this episode. Uh, you can hashtag your uh, tweets and such, ha- hashtag JJGo. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash JordanJesseGo. And you can find us on Instagram at JordanDavidMorris and at Put.This.On. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported. Directly. By you.